Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, Delta variant fears the stock market plunges amid concerns the highly contagious COVID strain could slow economic recovery as coronavirus cases more than double nationwide. Wall Street's worst day in months. The new guidance for kids heading back to school. Could your children be required to wear a mask even if they're vaccinated? Plus, the U.S. Olympic gymnast who tested positive at the Games, a first. The concern that it could lead to an outbreak. Biden versus Facebook. After the president accused the social media giant of killing people with vaccine misinformation, the walkback as he calls on Facebook to do more. Blaming China. The U.S. accuses the Chinese of a global computer hacking campaign. The question, will the Biden administration retaliate? Gun violence in America. The country's brutal weekend. A six-year-old girl killed and dozens more shot. Floods ravage Germany. We're in Europe tonight where the death toll is climbing. Why the German government is now under fire. Billionaire space race. Amazon's Jeff Bezos gets ready to go to space with his brother, a legendary aviator and a Dutch teenager. Why Bezos says this mission is more than a joyride. Prince Harry's big announcement. What's next for the royal living in America? And profiles in service. Meet Dr. Andy. How this 101-year-old pediatrician and World War II veteran is still giving back. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with new signs and worries that the COVID pandemic is once again tightening its grip. 
The stock market had its worst day in months on fears that a midsummer surge driven by that highly contagious Delta variant could bring another global economic slowdown. The Dow dropped more than 2 percent with airlines, hotels, banks and oil companies all taking losses. Tonight, the other headline that may surprise parents, the American Academy of Pediatrics is recommending all students wear masks this fall, regardless of whether they've had their shots. And tonight, the stunning reversal from the White House as President Biden walks back his statement that Facebook is, quote, killing people. Today, he said he meant to blame a small number of bad actors on the social media platform, but he is calling on Facebook to do more to stop misinformation. And then there's this. A U.S. gymnast tested positive in Japan, the first of the U.S. athletes to do so in the Olympic Village. And we've got new details about who else may have been exposed just days before the games are set to begin. We'll have a report from Tokyo in just a moment. But first, CBS's David Begno leads us off from Arkansas, one of of the worst states for new COVID cases. Good evening, David. Good evening, Nora. Arkansas now leads the nation when it comes to COVID hospitalizations on a per capita basis. At this hospital where we are in Little Rock, I just checked, and the average age of a COVID patient is 40 years old. You know what it was six months ago? 60 years old. They were just telling us people are walking in sicker and younger than ever before. Tonight, COVID is surging in Arkansas for the third time. It's hard to breathe, so I have to have oxygen. The number of hospitalizations has nearly tripled just in the past month. I regret it, not getting the COVID vaccination. I thought I couldn't catch it, you know, so I just went on by my daily life. Arkansas has the nation's third worst vaccination rate. And now it's overwhelmed by the far more contagious Delta variant, which is showing up in 84% of all new COVID cases. For most people who get this Delta variant, it's going to be the most serious virus that they get in their lifetime. Tonight, there is new guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics recommending that masks be worn in schools, even if adults and students have been vaccinated. That contradicts the CDC that says fully vaccinated students and teachers do not need to wear masks on campus. Also today, the government of the United Kingdom lifted most COVID restrictions, despite cases skyrocketing to levels not seen since the worst of the pandemic. And now the CDC has issued a warning, urging Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to the United Kingdom. Back here in the state of Arkansas, it's a race between the vaccine and the variant. We've got over 50 people in our hospital right now with complications of COVID-19. We've got zero people in our hospital right now with complications from the vaccine. What problem would it cause for you to get the vaccine? For one, I'm not going to um, because I don't trust the technology. Where do you get your news from? I get it from alternative news sources. A CBS News YouGov poll found that among those vaccinated, 74% say they will not get immunized, even if their own doctor recommends the vaccine. Are people just not listening to you? I think we need to do a better job. Help me to understand who would convince you. And I will find that person and we will talk to you. As cases surge here in Arkansas starting next week, no government officials can implement any more mask mandates. That's because the state legislature passed a new law. The governor can't do it and not even local officials. No more mask mandates, even if the doctors say it needs to happen. Nora? An interesting bit of reporting there. David Begno, thank you. 
And we're going to turn now to the COVID cases sending shockwaves through the Tokyo Olympic Village with the games that are set to begin on Friday. A COVID infection has sidelined two members of the women's gymnastics team and several American athletes, including a tennis star. CBS's Lucy Kraft is in Tokyo. Tonight, fears are growing as COVID infections spread. USA gymnast Kara Eaker, an alternate on the team, is the first American athlete to test positive here. She and another alternate have now been isolated. Since the 10-member team, including Simone Biles, arrived Thursday, they've had daily screening and only traveled for training. Team USA athletes are not required to be vaccinated, and COVID infections have sidelined athletes before they get on a plane to Tokyo. Tennis star Coco Goff revealed Sunday she was COVID positive, tweeting her disappointment and adding, it has always been a dream of mine to represent the USA at the Olympics. Today, WNBA's Katie Lou Samuelson announced she was COVID positive and will miss the games. Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal was removed from the roster last week after contracting COVID. Despite this expanding list, Olympics advisor Brian McCloskey um, says the anti-COVID safety measures are working. If I thought all the tests that we did were going to be negative, then I wouldn't bother doing the tests in the first place. Outside the Olympic Village, where Tokyo appears to be in the grip of a fifth wave of infections, the games remain broadly unpopular. Responding to the sense of unease, major Olympic sponsor Toyota pulled its advertising from Japanese TV and announced its president would not attend the opening ceremony. COVID is not just impacting the U.S. Two members of the South African soccer team have also tested positive. The Olympics officially opened this Friday, but now there's increasing worry that the Games could end up becoming a super spreader event. Nora? Lucy Kraft, thank you. Tonight, a Florida man who took part in the deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol has been sentenced to eight months in prison. 38-year-old Paul Hodgkins apologized to the court, saying he was ashamed of his actions. Photos and video show him taking selfies on the Senate floor, wearing a Trump 2020 T-shirt and flag over his shoulder. His sentencing after a plea deal could set the bar for the punishments for hundreds of other defendants. And turning now to a growing threat from overseas, today the U.S. and its allies accused China publicly of a global computer hacking and cyber espionage campaign. Chinese diplomats here in Washington tonight are calling the accusations baseless and malicious. We get more now from CBS's Ed O'Keefe. Tonight, the White House is accusing the Chinese government of orchestrating one of the largest cyber hacks in history. The spring attack on the Microsoft Exchange email system hit tens of thousands of companies and gave the hackers, essentially Chinese spies, access to hundreds of thousands of email servers. Investigation is not finished. The administration, for the first time, is alleging that Chinese leaders are paying the criminal groups to hack their rivals, costing companies and governments billions. What is your understanding of the biggest difference between what they've done versus what Russia's done in terms of cyber hacking? My understanding is that the Chinese government, not unlike the Russian government, is not doing this themselves, but are protecting those who are doing it and maybe even accommodating them being able to do it. While the administration has sanctioned the Russians following multiple hacks, there are no current plans to sanction the Chinese. Not only do we need to 
uh, penalize the contractors, but we need to penalize the Chinese companies that benefit from this intellectual property theft. Separately, an indictment unsealed today shows the U.S. charged four Chinese nationals for a seven-year hacking campaign, where they allegedly hid stolen research and development data in pictures of a koala bear and former President Trump. These allegations reflect a deliberate choice by China to engage in cheating and stealing instead of innovation. Meanwhile, the president today clarified comments he made Friday about social media companies like Facebook that allow the spread of misinformation about the pandemic. He said those sites are, quote, killing people. Well, the company pushed back, and today the president clarified, saying it's the bad actors who spread misinformation on social media who are to blame, not any one company. Nora? All right. Ed O'Keefe at the White House. Thank you, Ed. Well, tonight, more than 80 wildfires are raging in the West. The largest in Oregon has destroyed an area about the size of Los Angeles. Farther south, the Tamarack Fire near Lake Tahoe is threatening hundreds of homes. The power company PG&E says its equipment may have sparked a fire in northern California, and smoke from those fires has drifted more than a 1,000 miles, disrupting hundreds of flights all the way at Denver International Airport. It was a violent weekend in America, from here in D.C. to the streets of Chicago and Philadelphia. And there's new data tonight from the Gun Violence Archive indicating the number of deadly shootings are up 55 percent compared to last year. Here's CBS's Chris Van Cleve. Tonight, dramatic moments caught on tape as Philadelphia police responded to one of the shootings that left 42 people injured and four dead this weekend alone. Officers found themselves taking fire. In Chicago, another 56 people were shot. At least eight were under 18 years old. The city has put up a million dollars for tips about illegal guns. Our children are worth your giving these people up. And in the nation's capital, where this month the city hit 100 homicides faster than any year since 2003, murder victim number 101 was a six-year-old girl, Naya Courtney. Police are now looking for this car, where someone inside fired several shots. I need calls. I need tips. I need you to say, this is where that car is, chief. Less than 24 hours later, the sound of gunfire sent thousands racing for the exits at Washington's baseball stadium. Some seeking cover in the dugouts, others behind rows of seats, fearing an active shooter in the park. We ask that you remain inside the stadium. The shooting actually occurred outside. Three people were wounded, including a fan who had just left the game. Among the crowd of nearly 33,000 was eight-year-old Ferris Nunn. It was my second shooting, so I was kind of prepared because I always am expecting something to happen. D.C. police are still looking for leads in the shooting that happened outside the ballpark. As for the murder of that six-year-old girl, there is now a $60,000 reward for information. And just tonight, D.C.'s mayor has authorized as much police overtime as is necessary to combat a surge in gun violence here. Nora? Chris Van Cleve, thank you. The death toll from those devastating floods in Western Europe has climbed to more than 180, but it's expected to go much higher. In hard-hit Germany, the government is defending itself against claims that it did not give residents enough warning. CBS's Chris Livesay is in Germany. As the floodwaters recede, the shock and pain persist. In one of the world's wealthiest nations, advanced infrastructure was no match for Mother Nature. Streets and roads just 
completely collapsing railroad crossings like this one over here, uprooted like the trees, not to mention the cars twisted on top of each other. This is just a snapshot of the destruction we're seeing across Germany's flood zone, town after town after town. Officials said it could have been much worse were it not for an early warning system. But resident Grazia Cristoforo says she still had no time to fend for herself or her relatives. Did the town give you any warning? On Facebook, yes, on Facebook. But my mother, my father, I don't have Facebook. All the people, the old people. So the water came up to here? Her brother Mino says he and his wife and children narrowly escaped with their lives. My son said that I promised him that he don't die to protect him. Now, many who did receive warning tell us it underestimated just how violent these floods would be, tossing these cars like dice down the road. Now, in this town, like so many others, there's still no electricity, no gas, and no running water. Nora? Chris Livesay, thank you. All right, if all goes well, by this time tomorrow, Jeff Bezos won't just be the richest man in the world, but he'll also be one of the first civilians to fly on an unpiloted suborbital flight, making it to the edge of space. CBS's Mark Strassman reports on how Bezos and his team are preparing for the big launch. As Jeff Bezos sees space, we are excited. two days of training is all he needs, all anyone needs, to become an astronaut. So this is an exact replica of... What they'll fly on Tuesday. Exactly. Okay. Ari and Cornell showed us Blue Origin's capsule simulator. The windows are huge. These are the largest windows that have ever flown in space. She's selling tickets to wealthy wannabe astronauts. I mean, it's supposed to be an experience. It is an experience. A roughly 10-minute thrill ride. Launch in a rocket, separation, reach roughly 62 miles above Earth float in microgravity for several minutes before parachutes and thruster rockets land the capsule back in the desert of West Texas. We set out to create the safest human spaceflight vehicle ever designed or or built or operated, and we think we have succeeded. Bezos dreams big about space, of colonizing the cosmos. This planet is actually finite. As he told Nora two years ago. We need to be sure we're using the resources of space to save this planet. Bezos sees space as his next commercial empire. It's a market now worth $350 billion annually. But by 2040, could generate more than $1 trillion. Tomorrow's launch? its next milestone. This vehicle is ready, this crew is ready, this team is amazing. Bezos told us he's not nervous about tomorrow's launch. He's excited. Many people have dreamed about a moment like this. Bezos is about to live it. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. 
Drivers on a busy bridge in Ocean City, New Jersey, had a startling traffic delay today when an 18-year-old pilot used it as a runway to make an emergency landing. The banner towing plane had engine trouble and couldn't make it to an airport. The good news? Nobody was hurt. All right, a new chapter is being written in the life of Britain's Prince Harry, and it will come in the form of a memoir. The Duke of Sussex says he's writing the book, quote, not as the prince I was born, but as the man I have become. The book is due next year. All right, he's a beloved children's doctor, a World War II Navy vet, and he just turned 101 years old. Meet Dr. Andy as we continue our series, Profiles in Service. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. He's an old hand at treating young lives. You're a good baby. Pediatrician Andy Margulith is 101, but shows no sign of slowing down. It's a feel-good job. It's not even a job. It's just fun. That's <laughs> cute. Dr. Andy, as he is known, is one of only a dozen century-old doctors in the U.S. still practicing today. What is more important than helping other people? The World War II Navy veteran had an award named after him for his work in military pediatrics. That is a molluscum. He's practiced long enough to know what it was like before vaccines protected us. Long before COVID, another virus was especially lethal for children. Polio was so bad, the death rate, the kids going into the iron lung, it, it was awful. Back then, Dr. Andy was on the cutting edge of vaccine development and cures for childhood disease. We gave the kid one dose, and it was literally almost the leukemia was gone. That is called gratification. It's cheating to sit down. It's that lifetime of service to his country and his patients that sustains him. If you had to put a headline on this thing, I guess you'd say helping people. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much. Ageless wisdom from a pediatrician in the infancy of his second century. Join us tomorrow morning for a CBS News special report on the Blue Origin launch. Gail King and I will be joined by a team of space experts. And if you can't watch the Evening News Live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.